Blog Talk Radio. I'm Dr. Daryl Ray, and I took a left at the valley with Kevin and Karen, and the party was really good. Again, left the valley with Kevin and Karen. Hi guys! Oh, you're not ready. Look at that. I'm walking. I'm here by myself, just talking to myself. You guys are not even ready. <laughs> <laughs> Take two. Now we're recording again. Hi guys, how you doing? Hello. Fine. <laughs> well, uh, welcome back to another edition of Left the Valley with Kevin and Karen. And uh, today we're gonna have some fun. We were supposed to have some guests with us. We were supposed to have the Cunninghams. Unfortunately. They are sick, so uh, they're not going to be joining us, unfortunately. But that's okay. In the meantime, we have uh, Liam that's going to be here with his uh, sign segment, and we have a lot of things, and today's show is going to be having fun with the Bible verses. It's amazing that a lot of people don't know what go uh, what the uh, the Bible says, and uh, today we'll explore a bit more of that. Well, you guys are just staring at me. <laughs> How are you guys doing? Good. Good. Hi. Hi. Yeah. Anything new and interesting during the week? No, that's really loud. Okay, let's let's bring it down a bit. How's that? That's that's better. That's better. Thank yeah. you. Um, we just had an election. I'm not gonna spend a lot of time over that, but uh, the Americans just had an election. We just had municipal elections, and the voter turnout was dismal yet again. Um, I ha- it was thirty three percent instead of thirty percent. Yeah, oh. <laughs> in Michigan, I think I, I, I was like told a that third of people. Yeah, I was told in Abbotsford they had uh, something like thirty eight percent. So that oh, that's better. Yeah, that increased it's still less than half. Oh yes, yeah, still still terrible, but uh, it's kind of sad that we say thirty eight percent is an improvement. Yeah, I, I had um I had this clip um from Bill Maher's show that I, unfortunately I kind of lost here, where he kind of takes on Russell Brand, um basically saying that. Uh, I know a lot of people are going out there saying, oh, well, you know, what's the point of voting? Uh, and they'd like for things to change, but how do these people expect things to change if they don't vote? That's kind mm-hmm. of that little conundrum. Uh, in the little mission here where we are, um, they elected the mayor with some 3,000 votes. And when you consider that mission has a population of 37,000, essentially one-tenth of the population decided who was going to be mayor. And... Uh, I sure hope these people that uh, come in for the next four years start complaining about the mayor. I sure hope these are the people that voted. Because otherwise, you really shouldn't have a say. Would you guys agree? Yes. I agree. Okay. And uh, that quote that you were thinking of from uh, Bill Maher talking about Russell Brand. He says, Russell Brand encourages people not to vote. Uh, but Bill Maher's response to that is, okay, so then how are you going to change? Do you think the, the system is wrong and broken? But if you refuse to vote and you don't do anything else, how are you ever going to make it better? Yeah, that's exactly what he says. Is you know, and I agree. He says I agree. I wish you know voting was easier. I wish there was a things that a few things that were changed. 
in the electoral system. But how do you get that? Well, you get it by voting. Exactly. You know? Not by sitting at home and sitting on your hands and just saying, oh, no, I'm just going to go some some kind of weird movement. Uh, personally, I think these people that don't vote, it's just because they can't be bothered. They're too comfortable in their life. And yes, I am even going to go on a limb saying, you know what, you're just too freaking lazy. Just get up. Uh, it takes 15, 10, 15 minutes every three years, every four years now. To put an X, you know, that's it. That's all you have to do. I mean, if you can't do that... You wait in line for coffee for longer than that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And in Mission, there was, uh, I think almost every school was a polling station, so you you had one within 10 minutes of where you lived, most likely. Yeah, and there were some voting in advance. You can vote in advance if you can't vote that day. I mean, there's, there's really no reason, and it's pathetic. But anyway, on with the show. And uh, today, I guess we're going to start with our this segment in the history, right? All right. Why is it not playing? I don't know. It's awfully silent today. Oh, there it is. (laughs) No longer silent. (laughs) So what does Karen have for us in history today? Let's stay in history. Okay. Um, November 21st. You know, you are unusually loud, don't you? I am. I am. That gives me a reason to shut your mic. (laughs) (laughs) The 21st. Yeah, but I don't have the year on that. I don't know. It was like, it was in the 1700s. I'm distressed, but I lost the year. Anyway, Jean-Francois, I, I'm still really loud, uh, Palatre de Rosier and Francois Laurent, the Marquis d'Arlon, made the first untethered hot air balloon flight flying 5.5 miles over Paris in 25 minutes. Ooh. That's pretty cool. Lots of science stuff today. Excellent. Um, November 21st, 1694, Voltaire was born. Mm-hmm. Um, and November 22nd, 1963, John F. Kennedy was assassinated in Dallas, Texas. He's only 46 years old. Wow. Um, I'm not going to dwell on that because we just watched a documentary on that last night and I, I'm all JFK'd up. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, November 22nd, 1718, Blackbeard was killed off the North Carolina coast. He was captured... Oh, sorry. He captured more than 30 ships in the year he was a pirate captain. He was very, he very was only good a pirate at his for job. A year? He was only a captain for a year. He was a pirate for about three years before that. Then he became captain. Then oh, he wow. was he was basically set up and murdered. Um, so he became a legend in three years. Yes, he three, did. Three, four years. Yeah, yeah. That's, a, that's pretty impressive. They say he used to light his beard on fire before he went into battle. It looks scary. Pretty Pretty cool idea. And smelly, too. Probably not true, but... (laughs) I think he'd braid fuses into his beard, so Uh, he wasn't burning the beard proper. (laughs) That's smart. I'm impressed. Okay, November 22nd, 1819, George Eliot... new fashion statement. (laughs) George Eliot was born. To go from Blackbeard to George Eliot, who uh, was a woman. We all know that. George Eliot was a pseudonym, and she lived a very unconventional life. Awesome writer. Anyway, November 24th, Again, what's with me losing the year? Anyway, The Origin okay. of Species was published. Which I just acquired a book, a very old book. Unfortunately, it doesn't say which year. Yeah, that's cool. Um, the, the Charles Darwin um, studied aboard the HMS Beagle. He, he studied in the Galapagos Islands. He had these ideas for two decades before he published them. He wanted to be absolutely sure of his findings and, and also was you know didn't want to be... Uh, Flagged and drummed out of society. So, Liam, you can look up what year. You got your pad there. Can you look up what year? Oh no, 1859. I do have it here. Pardon me. 1859. Um, 
November 28, 1919, Nancy Astor won an election and became the first woman to sit in the House of Commons. Uh, and this is in England, she, but she was American-born. She was divorced, so she was a very unconventional woman. Unfortunately, she really wasn't a very good politician and didn't do much of anything, but she was the first woman to sit in the House of Commons. Um, and November 28, 1895, Frank, I don't know how to say his name, Duryea, wins the first horseless carriage race in the United States. 54-mile loop from Chicago to Waukegan and back. Waukegan? I don't know how you say that either. Well, I don't know. Well, <laughs> some American <laughs> city. We're not very good. With, you know, anyway. <laughs> look this up. Uh, so this segment is just, the show is just going to the ditch again. That's okay. <laughs> 54 miles. Of course, there had to be a snowstorm. This is November 28th. And... Uh, Cars got stuck in the snow drifts. Oh, yeah, they're, they're cars, by the way, in case anyone didn't know what a horse's carriage is. They got stuck in the snow drifts. They ran into each other and stalled, and it was quite a disaster. However, Frank managed to complete the race in 10 hours and 23 minutes, which averages out to a speed of about five and a quarter miles an hour. Wow. Could have oh, jogged that fast. Could have jogged that fast. But in the snow, I guess, right? Yeah. Well, could you have jogged that fast in the snow? <laughs> no, probably not. <laughs> oh, excellent, excellent. Uh, Mr. S- Mr. Liam. Yeah. So you're you're with us today. Yes. Welcome back. Yeah, it's I been am. a while. It has. Welcome back. And uh, I hear you have a little science segment for us. Today. Yes, I do. This uh, ties into uh, history as well. Um, uh, does it now? Yes, it does. Because November twelfth uh, this year is a historic day. Um, it was the first time that a lander was put on a comet. Ah. Um, so, you know, this is a big event. Um, That's pretty awesome. Yeah, the European Space Agency managed to uh, get their lander on uh, Comet 67P uh, after a 10-year journey through space. Um, so, you know, they've took been... took them 10 years Yeah, they've been planning this for a long time. And they managed <laughs> to do it that precisely. Yeah. That's pretty amazing. Well, they they have to shoot out far because they can't wait for the comet to get too close to the sun. Otherwise, the solar yeah it, it winds, if it. you wish, it starts. Yeah, it gets, exactly. It gets it's too impossible hot. to land yeah. on it. Yeah. So so it's a pretty amazing yeah. feat in itself. Ten years of travel, and now it's there. Um, so th- this is pretty interesting. The comet that it's landed on, 67P, uh, is described as being roughly rubber duck shaped. Um, <laughs> Yeah, there were actually pi- <laughs> yeah. there were actually pictures on Facebook of the the the, the comet uh, as compared to a big city. It's it's gigantic. It's really yeah. big. Well, at at its longest, it's about four kilometers across. Um, so, it, you know, although big, that isn't that big. It's not very and big to land a moving land as a moving target yeah. to land something on that you had to organize ten years in advance. Especially since you know being mostly ice, it's not very dense. Um, so its gravity is very weak. Which meant that when their lander actually made contact, it bounced off and went almost a kilometer back out into space before returning to the surface. Um, by which time the comet had moved quite a bit, so they landed instead of where they wanted to land it, or to land inside a, a crater, which puts the uh, lander really close to the edge and it's in the shadow a lot of the time. Mm. So they figure its battery will probably die this weekend. Um, so I guess today. <laughs> Did they uh-huh. use Duracell? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I imagine they'd be lithium batteries. Uh, mm-hmm. But 
So during that time, it's been trying to get all the information possible out of it, and uh, they have sent back some pictures. We've got some pictures of its feet um, on the comet's surface. They figured that the comet has about 10 to 20 centimeters of dust on the surface and then underneath its ice. Hmm. Uh, and and it's actually very hard, dense ice, uh, denser than they were expecting. Um, so it's, it's quite a durable thing. But perhaps most importantly, they've analyzed some dust in some of the not atmosphere, but atmosphere around the uh, comet, and they have found some organic molecules, um, which is very exciting because, of course, one of the leading theories as to how life got started on Earth is that the complex organics needed for life were transported by comets and and also the water. Um, So this supports that quite a bit because you have a lot of water and you have organic molecules. Which I believe it's called panspermia, is it not? The theory? I don't know. Yeah, I believe there's a name for it. Now, wow, that's awesome. I do have a bit of a little sciencey question. Maybe you can answer this. Uh, um, the weak gravity of the, the comet, um, is the comet itself, is it, is it, does it have some kind of rotation? Is it rotating or is it just like... Yes, it is. Okay. Um, and I figured, you know, is, is that what is that helping or impeding gravity? Well, gravity has nothing to do with movement. No, it just um, has to do with... It, it's to do with mass. With mass, yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, I thought, you know, maybe it would... But because of that movement, you know, it bounced off, and then by the t- time it came back, it was over a different part of the comet, right? Yeah. If it had been totally static, it would have landed right where it was. I also um, heard it got uh, the uh, Philae, is the uh, yes. little lander's name. It landed on its side, apparently. Yes. Well, it's about washing machine-sized, and when it came back, it is on its side. So actually, that has messed it up a little bit. It has a uh, X-ray spectrometer on board that has a, a lens cover that pops off and oh. they've actually when they fired the instrument half of their image was of the uh lens cover because it was obviously oriented differently than it was supposed to be so they've got less data because the lens cover is in the way mm, okay but, still but pretty no, amazing they've feet. found organics which is probably the most important part um they haven't disclosed what kind of molecules they are or, or how many of them or anything but they have found some carbon-based molecules on the surface of this uh comet Fantastic. Well, yeah. thanks for that segment, Lee. Mm-hmm. It's That's a pleasure to have you point. back, of course. Uh, so, so we get several segments. Uh, do we want to get into our segments, or we want to get into our Bible verses right away? I even had a pop quiz, but you know, since our our guests are not here, just be you two. You guys still yeah. want to do it? Are you saying we're not good enough for your pop quiz? Let's do the quiz. Oh. All right. Well, we know that music. We're having a quick pop quiz today, and like I said, today we're looking at Bible verses. Oh, that's on the right page. On the wrong page. Give it should page. maybe um, say that the premise of this show was that we just kind of went through the Bible and uh, and found our, uh, this is the Christian Bible, and found our favorite... Um, my favorite Bible uh, quotes. favorite Bible verses, and yeah. you know, that that was it. Like, we just, do you like it? Do you not like it? Why are we doing Why do you have that particular verse as a favorite? We didn't do the Mormon Bible or anything like that. We just did the pretty much You got much rid of standard. our Book of Mormon. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I feel bad about that. I shouldn't have. <laughs> yeah, and you know, like I said, uh, at the beginning of the show, a lot of uh, people that love the Bible have never actually taken care yeah, to actually read the thing. Exactly. Yeah. So you might so be quite did. surprised. So if you want to play at home... Go right ahead. So, guys, I've got uh, four questions for you guys. I'll be nice and easy. Okay. Um, 
Question one. Who creates evil according to the Bible in Isaiah 45? Is it A, God, B, Satan, C, man, or D, Stephen Harper? Um, God. <laughs> God. I'm going, God. I'm going for God, too. And Stephen Harper is a manifestation of evil. <laughs> God made Stephen Harper. Yeah. It, yeah. it, it, is God. <laughs> it is God, although I would have accepted Stephen Harper as well. <laughs> Question two. After faithfully killing the Midianite, who was angry with the the generals that they didn't kill the women? Or Sorry, can you after killing the who? After faithfully killing the Midianites. Midianites. Okay, so people they, they, they massacred the Midianites. That's in the Bible. Who was angry with the generals? You know the the army that came yeah, back yeah. because they didn't kill all the women. Was it God? B was it Moses? C was it Jesus? Or D was it Elijah? I'm going with God again. Uh, Jesus. Uh, sorry, guys. This time it was actually Moses. Oh. Moses. That was Moses. my second guess. Yeah, Moses. And he basically says, uh, kill all the men, uh, kill all the women that have slept with a man, but keep the young girls for yourselves. Guess why? Well, it doesn't really say, but we can figure it out. Uh, Question. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll leave that one alone. <laughs> Question three. According to Deuteronomy... After destroying the enemy and you find a young woman that you want for yourself, how long do you have to give her to mourn her dead parents? Is it A, six months, B, one month, C, one year, or D, three months? A D, three months. Uh, yeah. I Sorry, can you go through the options again? Six months? Six months, one month, one year, three months. One month. I go. You're right. It is one month. One yeah. month. Wow. Yeah, she's supposed to shave her head and everything and change her clothing. And you give her one month. You just killed her entire village and her parents. But hey, one month is good. And, and you killed them too. It's not like they just died of the plague or something. No, you no, killed no, them and you give her a one month to get over all of that. Hey, guys, you know what? If you listen to this and you're Christian and you don't believe me, look it up. Look it up. It's all there. It's all right there. Okay, question four, bonus question. According to Joshua, the book of Joshua, which kings did he, uh, Joshua, did he and his men kill? Was it the king of A, Jerusalem, B, Hebron, C, Jarmuth, D, Lashim, or E, Eglon? Are these technical uh, pronunciations? Oh, well, I, I don't know. I might be, my my Hebrew is not very good, I guess. Eglon sounds like some kind of <laughs> Whatever B was. I'm going with Jerusalem. Well, it was a trick question, guys, because it was actually all of them. Oh, oh he tricked us. And thank Aww. you for playing. <laughs> so we did not do well. Okay, no. I'm, I got 50%. I beat you 25. with 50%. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of... Um, I guess we need to read more. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of things religious, let's go into something else here. This is an interesting little story to get for you guys. This is actually from The Independent in the UK. Oh, wait a second. Sorry, wrong story. That was last time's story. Could you could you turn that down just a hair? Because I have a hard time hearing you. You have a hard time hearing me. Which well, is unusual. Thank you. <laughs> Maybe I should just, yeah, should put an applause on that. <laughs> Speaking of Moses, we spoke about Moses in, the, in this uh, quiz. That's why they call me the king of segways, guys. Texas apparently approves the textbooks with Moses as a founding father. Sort of. Now, what you might not know is that Texas is crucial because that's where the educational material is made for uh, most of the U.S. school system. 
Ooh, Texas School Book Depository. Ooh, Ooh. conspiracy. Sorry, JFK reference. JFK reference. There we go. There we go. <laughs> well, Friday, uh, which I believe was the 21st, um, they voted 10 to 5 along party lines, of course Republicans, to uh, basically approve these books. Now, these textbooks were written... Oh, sorry, is this like state congress or what state? I don't know. No, it's just, it's just like a school board. Um, oh, it's a school board. Okay. Yeah. Um, these textbooks were written with the intention of uh, forcing social studies to adhere and emphasize the so-called Christian heritage. So these books, uh, they now portray Moses as uh, an actual historic figure uh, with an influence on the Constitution and the Old Testament as the root of democracy. Hmm. And this oh. is what they're going to teach kids uh, now. And these are the same people that say that Mormons are crazy. Yeah, exactly. Well, but no. th- that's... Democracy is a product of the Enlightenment, which was kind of an anti-religious movement. That's kind of ironic. Yeah, and you know, even if you want to accord, you want to give democracy to the, the the Greek, the ancient Greek. I think it's kind of a slap in the face to say that no, no, it's from the Old Testament. Well, according to the reports, the, uh, the scholars did not have an opportunity. The uh, historical scholars, and you know, uh, did not have an opportunity to review or comment on the changes. So now these textbooks uh, include passages that suggest Moses influenced the writings of the Constitution and that the roots of democracy are in the Old Testament. And um, and the credible historians are basically warning that this will lead students to believe that Moses was like the first American and it's going to promote American exceptionalism. Do you guys have any thoughts about this? Well, I think they certainly didn't read the Old Testament in which God says, I am a jealous God, and there's absolutely nothing democratic about it whatsoever. So how do you figure that democracy came out of that? I, I wish I had the quotes that they played uh, in Religulous with all the Founding Fathers and their views yes, on religion. Which were yeah. mostly yeah. quite anti-religion. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so they don't know their own history. They don't know the Bible. And um, I, I mean, this is just farcical and they're going to really be the laughing stock of the world if they pursue this and um laughing stock of the world huh? yeah. that's it man game over man it's game over <laughs> uh, now, well our friend Arn Raw which by the way I have to announce that he actually agreed to come onto the show so we'll be interviewing him fairly soon um he went up uh fighting against that. And of course he did. <laughs> he, he's got, he's got the, yeah, of course he did. And thank God he did. <laughs> no pun intended. Uh, he uh, basically uh, was almost booed out of the room, apparently. Uh, there was a lot of people that kind of got into his face and, you know, you need to know your history. And, you know, R&B uh, and Poe figured that he is. <laughs> Probably punch a couple of people. <laughs> Unbelievable. They're the history. ones who don't know their history. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So they're writing new history. So uh, right? when, when, we do, when we do interview him, we'll have to make sure to make a note of that. I also heard his, uh, he has a podcast called The Ramen uh, Podcast, and uh, he was interviewing D.M. Murdoch, and uh, she wrote, uh, she's fantastic anyway, and uh, she also wrote a book uh, called uh, Did Moses Exist? So uh, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll try to get her as well on the show. So stay tuned for that. Okay, next. Texas. <laughs> it's Texas. Should we do it? Uh, Everything's bigger in Texas, including the lies. Oh, well, that is Karen at Left of the Valley. (laughs) (laughs) Bring it on. (laughs) Okay, well, while we're staying in the segment, let's do another Another brilliant brilliant moment moment brought to you by religion. And here I was already to go. 
We'll get to it. We got plenty of stuff to get to. Uh, you should just mute my mic. Uh, okay, it is done. <laughs> well, I've got a another great story. This is funny. It's okay. I'm on Liam's mic. Uh, <laughs> there's just no way. <laughs> this is a great little story I found. Um, at first, I thought it was a joke because the website wasn't—I wasn't all that. It was almost like a conspiracy website. But when I actually researched it a bit more, it actually happened. Um, there's a boy that was born with two extra arms and legs in India. Uh, it's it's a essentially a case of a parasitic twin, is what they call it. Uh, but he's being called a god by many in India because apparently he resembles, well, somehow resembles the Hindu god Brahma. Well, he has several limbs, right? He's just Brahma. Yeah. Does, that's well, why Brahma also had like four faces too, so I think. Okay, but, but this boy only has as close as we're gonna come. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So um, the doctors say that the uh, birth defect is essentially a parasitic twin. It's a condition that uh, occurs when a undeveloped twin attaches to a developed one in the womb, and is uh, contingent on the cardiovascular system of the host twin. Uh, approximately one in one million live births are parasitic twins. Uh, so now there are crowds forming and uh, basically wanting to see the god boy. But this is creating a bit of a problem for the police because the police is having a hard time containing the crowds. They're going berserk wanting to see the child. Um, they are probably a flock by the thousands to, I hope I get this right, Baripur, which is India's uh, West Bengal state, in India, West Bengal state. Uh, the crowds are crying and uh, they're praying, suggesting the child is Brahma's son, while others say it's a sign of the end of the world. Uh, you guys have any thoughts on that? Well, obviously it's the end of the world. Oh, yeah, of course. Well, that was our show, guys. <laughs> guys, thank you so much. The end of the world is happening next week. We won't be um, podcasting. <laughs> well, in a case of parasitic twins, they would normally amputate the parasitic twin, wouldn't they? Yeah, yeah. That's what. So. Actually, uh, uh, there's a uh, last September, a uh, similar birth happened in Uganda. But the difference is uh, it made headlines, but it didn't make as big of a headline because in Uganda, 85% of the people are Christian. And then there's a small uh, Muslim minority, but not Hindu. So. For them, it was simply, okay, well, you know, this kid needs help. We need to mm-hmm. amputate so, here and there. But if for this child in India, if they do amputate the limbs, is that going to outrage a whole bunch of people? Or? That's a good question. We don't know at this point. Yeah, I'm curious what his situation is and, yeah. you know, how safe he is and everything. It'll be interesting. To, and the funny thing is, I thought, you know, maybe this, this was a region that, you know, a lot of people, poor people, and, you know, maybe they were not a lot of instruction. But apparently in the region, uh, literacy is high. It's actually 80% and plus. So it's actually higher than the average uh, region in India. Yet still, the influence of religion is that strong that, you know... Well, you said there's people coming from all around. To that too, see, yeah. Right? That too. Right. Well, you know, when you think that in the United States someone burns their toast and they see God, you know, that... That and people will actually spend lots of money and go see that piece of toast, which is ridiculous. So if you see someone born with four arms and four legs, that that's a much more kind of miraculous thing if you want to put it that way. But but it still is uh, so 
just uh, naive. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's, it's, I would say better to go and look at a child with more limbs than he should have than a piece of burnt toast. Or, <laughs> no, I agree with you completely. A, a Cheeto, but, you know. <laughs> the Jesus, I love the Cheetos. I'm just saying that we shouldn't be too surprised considering that happens in the States where, you know, everyone has access to a free education, unlike India. But, uh, I, you know, I don't know if India I think they might have that. They might. But uh, they, might, they might not be just poor to the point where they can't. Yeah, I question. think uh, that is a good question. But I think that if you're in a very impoverished area, you send your kids out to work as opposed to being able to send them to school. And you know what? I think, for, frankly, Brahma is doing Jesus one up here. I think Jesus should really retaliate with this and have some kid born with some kind of Jewish beard or something, you know. Or with a head of toast. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Too silly. That was Karen. Yeah. <laughs> She's healed her Thursday. Um, <laughs> all right. <laughs> Liam wants to take this down a notch yeah. or up a notch or something. <laughs> yeah, up a notch because we're taking it down a notch. All right. So today our show is about Bible verses. And uh, Bible verses we kind of like. And we've got several picked. And uh, who wants to go first with this? It's, well, it's almost like a did you know? Did you know? Bible verse. I th- I nominate Liam. Uh, you nominate me. Yeah. And we. Do, I just want to point out that we have our actual Bibles yeah. with their black covers and tissue thin pages, bound in red. Um, because you. I feel like when you read from a Bible, as opposed to reading it from a computer or something, you really intone and you get that biblical kind yeah. of sonorous well, voice. You even so. got a King James version. I know, and it's so old I can barely like you open the pages. You got the King James version. Yeah, yeah, she does. Well, okay. Well, unlike you guys, I didn't bring a actual Bible. I actually used modern technology. Amazing enough. So I'm going to go on the site. And modern see technology it. is distinctly mm-hmm. at odds with the Bible. Yeah, <laughs> <see>. <laughs> a yeah, digital Bible. There's this wonderful <laughs> little site called uh, Bible... What's it called? Okay, Liam, you go. Bible uh, Gateway. All right. Go. So I'm going to start with one that... I think is pretty interesting. Well, hold on a sec. Hold on. Before you go, yeah. you got a King James Version. Yes. yes. Well, what do you have? I have a Revised Standard Version. Revised Standard. So I'm going to use a different version so we can check. Uh, mm. Is it maybe New Jerusalem Version? I know that's I've got one. English Standard Version. That's what he has, I think. Well, sorry, what did you say? This you is the Revised Standard Version. Uh, it was resi- revised in 71. Oh, um, um, uh, how about the American Standard? Sure. Sure. Okay, I'll use the American Standard version. Perfect. I'll even, oh, look at that, I'll use my iPad, I'll do two at, at the same time. So I'll All use right. the, uh, Contemporary English version too. There we go. All right, what are we looking at? Well, I, I'm going to start with Proverbs 35. Um, Proverbs 35. Yes. Uh, which I think is interesting. Um, it says... Every word of God proves true. He is a shield to those who take refuge in him. Do not add to his words, lest he rebuke you, and you be found a liar. Now, Mm. um, I think that's interesting because a lot of people who today call themselves Christians will say, well, you don't need to uh, include the part about not liking gays or, you know, any of the bad parts. You can just kind of cherry pick the the good parts Mm -hmm. and, and use those bits. But... Here, it's definitely saying in the Bible that all of it is true, and that if you change it, God may rebuke you. Wait a minute, wait That's a minute. Excellent. It's actual Proverbs 35, you have it? 30, line 5. Oh, okay, well, then. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> I mean, so, so I, I, 
I know this is my fault because I didn't send you to Sunday school, but it's called Chapters. So you'd say Cha- Solomon chapter 1, verse 5. Okay, verse 5. There you okay. go. There it's we go. 30 dash verse 5. Okay, so read that again, will you? Oh, it is 5 and 6, actually. Okay. Every word of God proves true. He is a shield to those who take refuge in him. Do not add to his words, lest he rebuke you, and you be found a liar. Wow. Mine's is slightly different. What, what's different in yours? Mine says, every word of God is tried. Not true. It tried. He is a shield unto them that take refuge in him, and thou, and thou not unto his words, lest he reprove thee, and thou be found a liar. It's so similar. You, you have an older kind of English style. It would seem. And I'm trying to we find, should find it in, in a I, original like, language, like Aramaic or Hebrew or whatever it was. Yeah. Oh, don't you mean the King James? <laughs> <laughs> it's still English. Uh, what's the? 30, Proverbs 30, line 5. In contemporary English, I've got everything God says is true, and oh. it's a shield for all who those for for all who come to Him for safety. In the King James Version, it says. Proverbs chapter 5, verse 5. Every word of God is pure. He is a shield unto them that put their trust in him. Add thou not unto his words, lest he reprove thee, and thou be found a liar. Hmm. So you do have some variation so, between some slight versions. Differences, yeah. Yeah. But essentially the same idea. You yeah. cannot change the Bible. Okay. Which is a nice segue into my um, oh, okay. verse, you go. which is actually more like a lack of verse. So I looked at the website called www.openbible.info. This is a Christian uh, website um, brought to you by <laughs> Miller Lite. <laughs> Miller Lite. Crossway Bibles, a publishing ministry of good news publishers. So it's a Christian website, and I, I just, on their search engine, put in abortion. And well, it, came up with, it came up with 37 Bible verses about abortion. So... Uh, um, uh, and most of them are along this line, such as Genesis uh, chapter 38, verse 24. Oh, Genesis 38. Let me, let me look it up. Genesis 38. Verse 24. About three months later, Judah was told, Tamar, your daughter-in-law, has been immoral. Moreover, she is pregnant by immorality. And Judah said, Bring her out and let her be burned. And then uh, 2 Kings chapter 15, verse 16. At the time, Menahem sacked Tifsa and all who were in it and its territory from Tirzah on, because they did not open it to him. Therefore, he sacked it, and he ripped open all the women in it who were pregnant. And so on. There's many, many about ripping open pregnant women and things about, you know, cursing women so that they can't give birth. There is not one that says it's wrong to have an abortion. There is not one. They're all mostly about men ripping open women's wombs so that their enemies can't have children. Okay, so you just Liam just read that yeah. you cannot add to Do the Bible lest you be a liar. There is not you. one biblical verse that says you cannot have an abortion. So, there no, we have it. Not one that came up in your search engine. Well, no, it's, but... It's possible that it's there's possible. some obscure one in there. Well, that's certainly not the obscure uh, history of the piñata, that's for sure. What? 
Sorry, bad joke, bad joke. I, I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't even, even get it. That. No, but yeah, we don't the need piñata ripping open. No, okay. <laughs> no, you, you bash it open. Um, oh, that <laughs> would work too. Anyway, <laughs> but here's my here's my one <laughs> that I that didn't involve ripping open wounds. Oh, thank you. And and it's uh, Ecclesiastes. Oh, Ecclesiastes. Chapter eleven. Um, chapter 11, verse 5. As thou knowest not what is the way of the Spirit, nor how the bones do grow in the womb of her that is with child, even so thou knowest not the works of God who maketh all. I don't know, I thought that sounded pretty kinky myself. Actually, my version right here in the uh, uh, American Standard is exactly the same. Instead of saying, uh, make it all, it's doeth all. So... So, so this one, the standard revised, is a bit more modern English than the yes. standard yes. American one. Ecclesiastes 11, right? Yes. Let's see what the contem- contemporary English version says. No one does explain how the... What? Uh, five, right? No one can explain how a baby breathes before it's born. So how can anyone explain what God does? After all, he created everything. Well, hmm. well, but what if we can explain how a baby breathes before it's born? Well, we can. We know exactly how well, it happens. I, I know, but it, that verse just kind of dated itself. I think. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> well, surprise, surprise. Yeah. The it, Bible is not what I call a very recent document. Yeah. Well, <laughs> actually, um, your Sunday school comment made me think. Um, this is. <laughs> Uh, Proverbs chapter 30, line 17. Um, the eye that mocks a father and scorns to obey a mother will be picked out by the ravens of the valley and eaten by the vultures. Nice. I don't know if that's literal or not, but certainly, like, obey or be punished. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, you know I like crows and ravens, so we'll just keep them around just to just be watching case. you. Yeah. I might yeah. need to cover my eyes. Yeah. You might need. To, I might need to do some commanding out there. <laughs> All right, Kevin, you had some interesting ones. Yeah. Um, although mine, I didn't. I didn't quite write the uh, the uh, which Bible version it came from. But I thought, you know, um, a lot of people have a tendency to say, "Well, I hear this often anyway." Well, that's too. the Old Testament. You know, we have a new covenant with Jesus. Well, you know, let's take a look at what Jesus said. And Jesus, you know what? He could be a bit of a dick. No offense. <laughs> you know, <All> right? <laughs> in Matthew five seventeen, he says, Do not think that I came to destroy the law or prophets. I didn't come to destroy them, but to fulfill them. So that kind of basically says that, you know, all this stuff about, yeah. no, no, we have a new covenant. Well, it's not what Jeebus said. I prefer saying Jeebus. It's really Jesus. No, with Jeebus. Two, with two Zs. Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I prefer Homer Simpson's version, Jeebus. Uh, if you keep going in Matthew, Matthew ten thirty four, um, he says, Do not think that I came to bring peace on earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. That's another thing. And it makes perfect sense that he would say that. Because if you're a bit of a student of history, at the time, uh, the Jews were looking for a Messiah. And the Messiah is what? He is a military leader. And all... Wandering rabbis at the time were basically preaching the same kind of message, revolution, especially because they're under the Roman Empire. Uh, Yahweh himself, after all, is a war god. His uh, full name, I believe, was Yahweh Sabaoth. And it's something that, you know, it's not the god of 
peace and love and everybody's kumbaya. No, he, he was a military god, a god of war. Um, if you go into Luke, if you go to Luke chapter four, uh, sorry, Luke fourteen, uh, twenty six, Jesus says, "If anyone comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, and I emphasize hate, not just you know, brothers and sisters, yes, even their own life, such a person cannot be my disciple." Kind of conflicts with the whole. So you have to be completely antisocial. Oh yeah, you, you, you got to hate everybody, according to this in, version of Luke. In uh, the King James, it says so. Chapter verse twenty-five. And there went great multitudes with him, and he turned and said unto them, If any man come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters, yea, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. Yeah. So Why so much is that I wonder. Well, is it for any. Because if you're a cult leader, that's exactly what you have to do. You have to cut ties to everybody that can take your flock away. Mm-hmm. So it's essentially, Jesus was essentially that. If the person ever existed, which I f- really, frankly, doubt. Uh, especially if you listen to people like Richard Carey and all that. Yeah. But it makes perfect sense if you understand the context of the time. Uh, but for that, you have to be a bit of a student history. If you go to Luke 12, uh, Jesus goes on and says, Luke 12, verse 4. I tell you, my friends, do not be afraid of those who kill the body and after that can do no more. But I will show you whom you should fear. Fear him who, after your body has been killed, has authority to throw you into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. So in other words, fear God. Uh, Fear God because, you know what, he's just going to throw you in the oven anyway. Put you at 350 and let you there for half an hour until you're done. Which is eternity. But I think my favorite, and I'm going to do one last before I switch it back to over to you guys, is uh, I abridged this one, but it's in Matthew 15. <clears throat> this is where I see Jesus is a bit of a dick. Um, it says, Jesus withdrew to the region of, I hope I get this right, the region of Tyre or Tyre mm-hmm. and Sidon. A Canaanite woman from that vicinity came to him crying out loud, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is demon-possessed and suffering terribly. And he answered, Jesus answers, I was only sent for the lost sheep of Israel. Okay, <laughs> no, sorry, I'm just helping Israelite. So she kind of keeps on going and says, She came and knelt before him, Lord, help me, she said. And he answers, It is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Well, <laughs> Thanks. You know, thank God he's the savior of humanity. No, no. no. Not all humans are equal. Yeah, exactly. Not all humans. And I think these kind of lines are essentially uh, part of the problem of some of what you could see in a lot of parts of the world, especially around Israel, you know. And she replies, yes, it is, Lord. Even dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. And after that, he says, oh, yeah, you got great faith. Your daughter's saying, woohoo. Does that really sound like the message from a divine being, and if it is, is that really the kind of divine being you would want to worship? It's no, it's, he's a dick. It's a message from a divine being if you assume that not everyone is equal, right? The the message there is that some people are better than others. Yeah. Uh, and today we reject that. We accept that you know everyone is equal, uh, but at the time certainly that was not the way things were seen, right? Like there's directions on how to treat your slaves and everything. Absolutely. Oh, well, and we should get into those too. Those are always fun too. You want right. to go next, Karen? 
Um, I've got go one ahead, Liam. Go ahead, Liam. Okay. So this is also from Proverbs. Oh, um, Proverbs. Yes. Um, Proverbs chapter 31, uh, verse 6. Um, Give strong drink to him who is perishing, and wine to those in bitter distress. Let them drink and forget their poverty, and remember their misery no more. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sorry, can you, what's the chapter and verse in that? Sorry. Chapter 31, verse 6. Of um, Proverbs. 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 So, um, that's interesting. Uh, if you're poor and miserable, drink to forget it. Uh, <laughs> which, you know, also kind of calls into question the whole, with the the homeless issue, um, when these religious groups will say, well, we'll only help you or, or house you or whatever when you're clean, um, only when you've stopped drinking or stopped taking drugs. Well, you know, arguably they could say, I'm just following the word of the Bible. Um, <laughs> wow. I'm I'm miserable, and therefore I've started drinking. You know, if we, if we get to talk to Jeff soon <laughs> with his uh, work at the Dignity Society and all that, we should really tell that to him yeah. and Nancy. Yeah, guys, you know, if they drink, they're just following the Bible. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's the same here. Lest they drink, for, uh, give strong drink unto him that is ready to perish, and wine unto those that be of heavy hearts. Let him drink and forget his poverty, and remember his misery no more. Yeah, very similar here on this version. I've got the, which version do I have, do I have again? Uh, I've got the American Standard, which says, Give strong drink to him that is ready to perish, and wine unto the bitter in soul. That's the only little difference here, so. Okay. Uh, you already mentioned Hebrews uh, thirteen eight, but Jesus and God are the same for eternity, right? I just I have a I have a totally different um, type of verse I'd like to read. <laughs> <laughs> right. What do you think this is? A podcast? Come on. This is the Song of Solomon. The Song of Solomon. You want some music with that? Oh, well, if you've got some like seventies porn music. <laughs> um, so this is Song of Solomon, chapter. Four, verse 5 Thy two breasts are like two young roses that are twins which feed among the lilies <clears throat> and then chapter 7 Thou art all fair my love there is no spot on thee come with me from Lebanon my spouse etc etc thou hast ravished my heart my sister my spouse thou hast ravished my heart with one of thine eyes with one chain of thy neck how fair is thy love my sister my spouse how much better is thy love than wine and the smell of thine ointments than all this than all spices <clears throat> thy lips, O oh my spouse, drop as a honeycomb. Milk and honey are under thy tongue, and the smell of thy garments is the smell of Lebanon. Etc., <laughs> etc. Et well, it's kind of erotic. Yes, yeah, it's, it's very of, erotic. It's kind of poetic and erotic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. From Solomon, you say, yeah? This is a song of Solomon. A song of Solomon. Uh, Solomon, you old. So uh, I just find that at odds also with the very Protestant, um, prim and proper, you know, sexes purely for the sake of procreation. Mm-hmm. With lots of alliterative P. <laughs> <clears throat> and there's more. There's a lot more where that oh, came from. <laughs> uh, I'm looking at... I believe this one is... Uh, let me see if I can find it here. Deuteronomy 22. Uh, let me see. Uh, okay. Basically, this one is basically if you rape a virgin, you need to marry her. Oh, one of those. Yeah. Deuteronomy. If a man finds a damsel that is a virgin, 
that is not a betrothed. Betro- How do you say that? Betrothed. Thank you. Betrothed. And lay hold on her and lie with her and they be found. Um, isn't this like extramarital sex right there? Which is, you know, supposed to be supposedly strictly banned from by the Bible? They've not well, been married. In this version, it doesn't actually kind of say rape. It says just lie with her. So, I, but she doesn't have a choice in the matter. <laughs> yeah, hold, hold, hold on her and all that. Then the man that lay with her shall give unto the damsel father fifty shekels of silver. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. For fifty shekels, you too can sell your virgin daughter, and she shall be his wife, because he hath humbled her. He may not put her away all his days. So, you rape somebody, you're stuck. And if you're the victim, well, too bad for you. You're only worth 50 shekels anyway. Hey, you don't believe me? It's in there, people. Deuteronomy 22, and that was starting at line 28. Uh, the American version. Okay, who else is next? We did the one month to mourn. For, that was in Deuteronomy 21. Uh, you know, when Whoa. you take a captive and she's got one month or more, we saw that. Right? Mm-hmm. You can tell some, like, give your daughters to the raging crowd to be raped. So oh, yeah, you get a couple of those. You've got a, you know, a comparative pair. Actually, we, uh, we I found two stories about that yesterday. I did not read them. One, of course, is the story of Watt. Well, I'm sure we'll get to it real soon, which is pretty cool, because they only see the, uh, the story of Lot. When I was told the story of Lot as a kid, it was a story of obedience, you know, hey, you were spared, Jesus spared Lot and his kids, and, you know, the wife did not listen, and she was punished, they don't tell you what happens after, but we'll get that in a few minutes, uh, let's see, I've got Deuteronomy 21, Deuteronomy is a horrible book, by the way, <laughs> um, if you have a kid, Deuteronomy 21, 18, if you have a, rebell- or a rebellious child, it should be stoned to death, because it says, you know, I should, you know, I should almost use one of those. Perfect. If a man have a stubborn and rebellious son <laughs> that will not obey the voice of his father or the voice of his mother, and though they chasten him, will not hearken unto them, then shall his father and his mother lay hold on him and bring him out to the elders of the city and unto the gate of his place. And they shall say unto the elders of the city, This is our son, is stubborn and rebellious. He will not obey our voice. He is a glutton and a drunkard. And all the men of the city shall stone him to death with stones. You're supposed to stone him with what? So <laughs> shalt thou put away the evil from the midst of thee, and all Israel shall hear and fear. Bum, bum, bum. Don't mind about his eyes being pecked out already, because we he wouldn't listen. We were trying to <laughs> trying to discipline him, but no. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Anyone next? Who's next? See, this is why you go with the. You guys are flipping through pages trying to find. No, no, no. This is why you go with modern technology. Um. I've got a nice one in Exodus. I'm try to find Exodus, Exodus, uh, where is it? 21, Exodus 21. Exodus 21. I believe it starts at 
verse 20, which is uh, the one that says, where is it? Slave are given 20, 48 hours to get up after a beating. I love that one. These are your instructions for slaves. And if a man smite his servant, smite, great word, or his maid with a rod, and he dies under the hand, he shall surely be punished. Notwithstanding, if he continues a day or two, he shall not be punished, for he is his money. So, in other words, you can beat that crap out of your indented servant, as some people would say. Um, it's it's a slave. <laughs> it's a slave, but you know, some people say indented servitude. Okay, fine. You still beat that crap out of him or her, and then you got to give him forty-eight hours to get back up. You know, so for forty-eight hours, he's just moaning and wailing in his blood, his own blood. But if he gets up after forty-eight hours, before forty-eight hours, hey, Scott free. God is love. <laughs> Can't you just feel the love? And hey, guys, you don't believe me? Look it up. Look it up. This is what Christians don't do. They don't look it up. Do you have anything else, Sam? Oh, we got so many more. Well, you you give us the lines. We'll look them up. I thought I had another one marked in here, but I can't find it. Um. Oh, but just wait. Proverbs sixteen, uh, line five. Everyone who is arrogant is an abomination to the Lord. Be assured, he will not go unpunished. <laughs> Proverbs sixteen. We, we can look for some lightning strikes or something later tonight. <laughs> I I keep waiting for that, and and it hasn't happened yet. I, Proverbs sixteen, right? I mean, this whole house is in line for a big meteorite or something, but so far, no. no it only happens after we die. Why? Oh. I mean, isn't that because kind of uh, missing the point? It's, it's guaranteed, right? They, like, we can't talk to people after we die, so then they can say, oh, yeah, they're suffering. Right? And if, oh, wait a minute. I think we deserve to be smited right now. <coughs> like, let's make an example of oh, us. No, but <laughs> <laughs> That's the Old Testament God. <laughs> this, this, is where, this is where I wish I had a lightning sound effect. <laughs> so oh, yeah. you, so you, said, you said, you read your line again, Liam. Um Chapter 16, line 5. Yeah. Everyone who is arrogant is an abomination to the Lord. Be assured he will not go unpunished. See, mine, see? Says, oh, go ahead. So mine says, everyone that is proud in heart is an abomination to Jehovah. Though hand in hand, he shall, n- he shall not be punished. He shall not be punished. He shall not be punished. Okay, what, sorry, what is this again? What's the... What? Be Proverbs. assured he will not go unpunished, is what it says here. No. Proverbs 15. No, 16. Yeah. Though hand join in hand, he shall not be... P- oh, unpunished. I'm sorry. Okay. He yeah. shall not be unpunished. <laughs> that completely changes yeah. the meaning of the line. <laughs> Mine says, everyone that is proud in heart is an abomination to the Lord. That Though hand join in hand, he shall not be unpunished. By mercy and truth, iniquity is purged. And by the fear of the Lord, men depart from evil. Oh, really? Mercy and truth. You know, Even though he's going to be uh, punishing the people who are proud. Hmm. This is actually fun. <laughs> it's a weird little game. <laughs> it, it's interesting that uh, you got two contradictions right next to each other. I've got... Okay, I've got I've got Genesis 19 here, which is the American uh, standard version. It's the story of Saddam and Gomorrah, the story of Lot, right? So, the story basically goes that you know, um, you guys want me to read verbatim or just 
mm-hmm. abridge this. No, do it. Read, read it. it. Read it properly. Uh, okay. <laughs> read it properly. <laughs> and the two angels came to Sodom at even. Sodom. At Sodom, sorry. And Lot sat in the gate of Sodom. And Lot saw them and rose up to meet them, and he bowed himself with his face to the earth. And he said, Behold now, my lords, turn aside, I pray you, into your servant's house, and tarry all night, and wash your feet, and ye shall rise up early, and go on your way. And they said, Nay, but we will abide in the street all night. And he urged them greatly, and they turned into, turned in unto him, and entered into his house. And he made them a feast, he did bake unleavened bread, and they did eat. But before they lay down, the man of the city, even the man of uh, Sodom, um, compassed compassed the house round, both young and old, all the people from every quarter. And they called unto Lot and said unto him, Where are the men that came into thee this night? Bring them out unto us, that we may know them. And Lot went unto them to the door and shut the door after him. And he said, I pray you, my brethren, do not do so wickedly. Behold, now I have two daughters that have not known men. Let me, I pray you, bring them out unto you, and do ye to them as is good in your eyes. Only unto these men do nothing, for as such, for as much as they are, are come under the shadow of my roof. If you did not get that, basically said, Yeah, here are my virgin daughters. I'm going to toss them out to the crowd. and But don't touch the man. Don't touch these two complete strangers that have just come into town, but do whatever you want to my daughters. Angels. He doesn't know they're yeah, angels. These are the same angels that later destroy the town. So you'd think that they could look you, out you for themselves. You're jumping ahead of the story here. <laughs> Some people might not know the story yet. <laughs> <laughs> and they said, Stand back. And they said, This one fellow came in to... Sojourn, and he, he will need to be a judge. Now will we deal... Wow, that's the worst transition I've ever heard. Uh, <laughs> worse than thee, then with them. And they pressed sore upon the man, even Lot, and drew near to break the door. But the man put forth their hand and brought Lot into the house. It's kind of funny because they don't say angel, it just says man, right? Into the house to them and shut the door. And they smote the man that were the door of the house with blindness both small and great, so that they weird, wearied themselves to find the, do- the door. So, in other words, put a blind spell on them. Now the guys can't find the door. <laughs> and the man said unto Lot, Hast thou here any besides, son-in-law, and thy son, and thy daughters, and whomsoever thou hast in the city, bring them out of this place? For we will destroy this place, because the cry of them is wax. Great before Jehovah, and Jehovah hath sent us to destroy it. And Lot went out and spack, well, it says spoke, spack, unto his son-in-law, who married his daughter, and said, Up, get you out of this place, for Jehovah will destroy the city. But he seemed unto his son-in-law as one that mocked. And then the morning arose, then the angel hastened Lot, saying, Arise, take thy wife and thy two daughters, that are here, and lest thou be consumed in the iniquity of the city. But he lingered, and the man laid hold upon his hand, and upon the hand of his wife, and upon the hand of his two daughters, Jehovah being merciful unto him, and they brought him forth, and sent him 
without the city. And it came to pass, when they had brought them forth abroad, that he said, Escape for thy life, look not behind thee, neither stray thou in all the plain, escape to the mountain, lest thou be consumed. In other words, flee to the mountain, because we're going to destroy everything yeah, around yeah. here. And Lot said unto them, Oh, not so, my lord. Behold, now thy servant hath found favor in thy sight, and thou hast magnified thy loving kindness, which thou hast showed me unto saving my life. And I cannot escape to the mountain, lest evil overtake me, and I die. Behold, now this city is near to flee unto, and is a little one. Oh, let me escape thither. Is it not thither? a little one? Thither. Thither? Thither, 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 and my soul shall live. And he said unto him, See, I have accepted thee concerning this thing also, that I will not overthrow the city in which thou hast spoken. Haste thee, escape thither, for I cannot <laughs> do anything until thou become thither. <laughs> Therefore, the name of the city was called Zor. Because <laughs> that follows logically. Yeah. <laughs> Therefore, <laughs> so the sun was risen upon the the earth, and then Jehovah's rain upon Sodom and upon Gomorrah, brimstone and fire from Jehovah out of heaven, and overthrew the city and all the plain and all the inhabitants of the cities and that which grew upon the ground. But his wife looked back from behind, and she became a pillar of salt. Okay, so it goes on and on and on. On and on and on there and on. There is another important part, though. There is, absolutely. And the, this is what they don't teach at Sunday school. And I really think they should. As, uh, of course, the, the wife is turned to a pillar of salt. Now, Lot has escaped and uh, with his daughter. And they're, they're in the mountains now at that point. They left Zor and they, they're in the mountain. They're in the cave. And now... <laughs> Oh, this is just creepy. Yeah, I know, but it Wait needs to be told because they always tell you the the cherry picking, you know, the happy, happy side, and they don't we tell you that the 70s porno music again. Oh, <laughs> I, I don't have 1970s porno music. I really should. <laughs> <laughs> oh, go on. What does that say about this show? <laughs> That's right. So the firstborn, there's a, I'm picking up at 31 here. And the firstborn said unto the younger, Our father is old, and there is not a man in the earth to come in unto us after the manner of all the earth. Come, let us make our father drink wine, and we will lie with him, so that we may preserve seed of our father. In other words, let's get the old man drunk and take turns on him. Yeah. God is <laughs> Not that kind of love. <laughs> Not that kind of love. <laughs> Carry on. Well, so that's basically what they did. They made their father drink wine that night. And the firstborn went in and lay with her father. And he knew not when she lay down, nor when she arose. So he must have been... He was really... He was really that. good, because when he had that drunk, I don't think he could bring it up. <laughs> Yeah, and he's old too, so yeah, I, I don't so, know. Well, you know, back Ugh. then, back then they were Superman. Yeah, he probably lived to like two thousand or something. No, no, the the, the, old, the <laughs> oldest one was Methuselah, I believe. It was like nine hundred sixty-nine. Okay. Yeah. So, well, you know, when when oh, you reach six hundred, you start nine hundred. Yeah, when you reach six hundred, your like your vitality, you know, you're not quite as virile as you were back then. <laughs> but a lot of us probably under way under that. <laughs> but don't forget, he gets them both pregnant too. Yeah. Yeah. And then at that point, I'm just going to stop that story there because it's just horrible. All right. 
Okay, so who's next? I, I have a bit of a comparative verse I can do. Ooh. This is uh, in Genesis. Oh, okay. Um, chapter 1 and then later chapter 2. Genesis 1, from the very get-go. Yeah, from the very beginning. Um, 1. Uh, let's start with uh, line or verse 21. 21. 121. Um, and God created great whales and every living creature that moveth with the waters which the waters brought forth abundantly after their kind, and every winged fowl after his kind, and God saw that it was good. And God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful, and multiply, and fill the waters in the seas, and let fowl multiply in the earth. And the evening and the morning were the fifth day. And God said, Let the earth bring forth living creature after its kind, cattle and creeping thing, and beast of the earth after his kind. And it was so. And God made the beasts of the earth after his kind, and cattle after their kind, and everything that creepeth upon the earth after his kind. And God saw that it was good. Don't you get a kind of impression it's like, yeah, this kind and that kind. He's not very specific, is he? No, well, and God said, let us make man in our image, and after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. <laughs> so God created man in his own image, and the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. So, things to note, he creates everything first, except for humans, and then creates man last, uh, in order to have dominion over his earlier creation. Yes. That's in Genesis 1. Um, this is Genesis 1. And the male and female, he created yeah, them, he created it, them in, in the same verse. There's no specifics on which came first or anything. He just created both of them. Now, we swap to Genesis 2, um, and we can start from uh, verse 5, I guess. And every plant of the field before it was in the earth, and every herb of the field before it grew. For the Lord God had not caused it to rain upon the earth, and there was not a man to till the ground. But there went up a mist from the earth, and watered the whole face of the ground. And the Lord God formed a man of dust of the ground, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. The man became a living soul. And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. Um, and out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight, and good for food, the tree of life also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And then there's a bit about all these rivers and where they go. Um, and then we can swap to uh, verse 18. And the Lord God said, "It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him and help for him, and and help meet for him." Sorry, it is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a help meet for him. And out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air, and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature was the name thereof. So one chapter later, we have a difference in the order, right? In chapter 2, he creates man first, and then in order to keep man company, he creates the animals. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, obviously, not both can be true. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a very interesting fact. It's the one, the, the, the story that is usually told to the general public is everything is created, then man, then woman. Mm -hmm. But that's a combination of the two stories, right? Yes, it is. It because is. Because if everything is created first, then you're going by the first story where there's no specifics about man and woman. The whole, like, Eden and Adam and all that is in Chapter 2, which would require you to say that man was created first and then animals. 
Um, very interesting, you know. And it's at the very beginning of the book. Yeah, you, you think would think that's where you start. <laughs> yeah, you would think, you know, especially all these uh, creationists that think that the Earth is still six thousand years old. Yeah, you get two chapters in, you've already got a massive problem. Yeah. yeah. Although I've heard some video clips of uh, creationists basically saying, uh, explaining that the uh, the birth of life is like the the soul, right? And they say that's why insects are different because they don't they weren't breathed into nostrils because they. Okay, haven't. but it specifically says that the beasts of the earth are created afterwards, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, if we can open that can of worm. <laughs> you have one, Karen? Uh, I'm just continuing on in Genesis, and I well, just, I'm gonna I'm just gonna cut you in right now because I have one anyway, and it says it's Timothy, it's one Timothy two, and I'm, I'm saying this because line twelve says, "But I permit not a woman to teach." <laughs> But I prefer not the woman to cheese, nor to have dominion over a man, but to be in quietness. For Adam was first formed, then Eve. So, sorry, I just had to overrule there. Wow, she's giving me that death yeah, look. Well, <laughs> speaking of that, <laughs> this is kind of a long one if you want me to. Yeah, and First Timothy is actually in the New Testament. And that's actually from Paul. Yeah. So it's right in there. So women are not allowed to teach men, apparently. Nope. Absolutely not. And it gets even better if you go into 1 Corinthian. 1st Corinthian. Okay, 1st Corinthian. You're not allowed to teach me anything. 1st <laughs> <laughs> Corinthian 14. Um, Paul basically says that women are not even allowed to speak in church. Uh, 34. Line 34. Oh, okay, wait. First, before you do that, okay. right here. This is Proverbs 31, um, and starting at verse 10, it's uh, a good wife who can find. Uh, she is far more precious than jewels, blah, blah, blah. talks about all the things that a good wife does. Um, 15, she rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household, um, et cetera, et cetera. But if you go to uh, verse 26, she opens her mouth with wisdom, and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. She looks well into the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Um, huh. uh, which is true. <laughs> <laughs> My version here, this is the, uh, the, what was it? The complete Jewish Bible I've got here. And third, it said 26, right? When she opens her mouth, she speaks wisely. On her tongue is loving instruction. She watches how things go in her house, not eating the bread of idleness. So, <laughs> woman shall not teach, yet when she opens her mouth, it's good teaching. <laughs> yeah, mm. yeah, and interesting. And back to what I said in 1 Corinthian there. Um, thir- First. <laughs> First. One, 1 Corinthian. No, you're not, you're no, not, no, not no, sorry, you're no, not allowed. Proverbs, she's allowed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but she didn't say with kindness. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow, the temperature is rising. <laughs> and if they would learn, uh, okay, um, let the women keep silence in the churches, for it is not permitted unto them to speak. But let them be in subjection, as also saith the law. And if they would learn anything, and if they would learn anything, <laughs> let them ask their own husband at home, for it is shameful for a woman to speak in the church. Paul didn't like women very much. He just didn't, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're unusually quiet about that subject, and that frightens me. 
She's way too quiet about this. Do <laughs> you have any more? Or? I'm not allowed to speak. <laughs> well, you're not in church. You're allowed to speak. I do not have any more Bible verses. Okay. <laughs> we'll keep that there for now, I think. It's a shame. There was one in Proverbs that I had, but I can't find it. Um, talking about how to treat your servants. Oh, is that the one where... No, that's not the one where no, I said that's, that's not the one with the beating that you talked about. It's a different one. In, in Ezekiel 35, uh, God promises to fill valleys with slain men. That's pretty cool. Um, Second Chronicle 15, you got any man now seeking the Lord must be killed. Uh, Deuteronomy 18, false prophet must be killed. Leviticus 24, blasphemers must be killed. Leviticus 21, fornicators must be burned. Oh, it's just it's just a wonderful, wonderful book. It's the good book. I hate to see the bad book at this point. Uh, let's well, see. the bad book would be like Satanist stuff. Right? Yes, exactly. The fifth rule of Satanism: uh, don't rape anyone. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. that's a bad book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's a, there's a whole bunch of interesting things. Oh, I love the um, the God instruction for mold using oh. the bird sacrifice. Yeah, that was interesting. Kill one yeah. bird, let the other go. Yeah, you gotta yeah, and then you gotta you gotta drop the bird into the first bird's blood and then spray it around the house and that should get rid of the mold. I'm surprised you don't find that in, you know, Heloise's house, helpful household hints. Martha Stewart is missing out on this one. She so Martha is. Stewart is so missing out on this one. <laughs> well, I guess that takes us to the end of our show. <clears throat> I thought I was doing a... No. Oh, yes, you're doing a spotlight. Yeah, you, you have something yeah. else, but Proverbs 22, 6. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Yes, and that is something that they use to this day. Yeah. The Jesuits have a very similar saying, saying, give me the first seven years, that will give you the man. Yeah. Well, it's, something like that. It, it's similar, it, well, it reminds me of, what, church? I forget where that was, somewhere in the southern states, where they put up a billboard with a Hitler quote on it. Um, he who controls the youth controls the future. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Not knowing yep. who Hitler was. <laughs> uh, churches, this is why churches are going after the young today and uh, the uh, what they call it, the 4 to 14 window. Where if you can make kids believe something very strongly by the time they're before the age of 14, you will most likely have them for a long time. Because there's no way a 16, 17-year-old person would look at this stuff today and say, oh yeah, sure, come on. Not in most cases. I have no adults who've converted, you know, so it does happen sometimes, but mm-hmm. not usually. Anyway, let's get away from all this this fun, joyful Bible. We should do this again one day. This is fun. Um, age nonsense. We we had a segment for for quite a while we haven't done in a while, uh, where we wanted to do a spotlight on somebody, and we wanted to do a spotlight on somebody that was worth talking about instead of you know most people looking at you know Britney Spears and stuff like that. You know, have a spotlight on. We did spotlights on Carl Sagan, and we did on the. Uh, Ayano Shiali, and uh, we think we even did one on uh, Malala Yousafzai and stuff like that. Yes. And today you have one. We'll bring Thank that you. segment back. We don't have segment music for that, so. Ah, uh, well. This is uh, not a modern person, though, but someone that we should all know about. This is going to be a nice, refreshing breath of fresh air from the Enlightenment <laughs> after all our biblical quotes. This oh, come on. The Enlightenment isn't any big deal. It's Moses. 
<laughs> Moses created democracy. That's right. Oh. Yeah. Moses created democracy. Did you know that? Oh, right. Forget Sorry, I forgot. <laughs> well, but this is still in Europe. So, in France, actually. And this woman's name is Emilie de Châtelet. Du Châtelet. Emilie de Châtelet. Um, she was born 17th December 1706, and she died uh, 10th September 1749. So, she's only 46. 43 years 40, old. Yeah, 43. She, She's yeah. just a year older than me when she died. She died very young. You heard so, it first here on the on the podcast, guys. What? You're 29, right? No, I'm 41. <gasps> oh. Okay, so Emily de Châtelet was a French mathematician, physicist, and author. Her translation and commentary on Isaac Newton's Principia <coughs> Mathematica is still considered the standard version. So, she... Um, uh, was she was the only girl in her family she had five brothers she but her father encouraged her and had tutors come to their house and teach her obviously um that was very unusual for the time but he was wealthy and he saw her talent uh, he recognized you know when she was younger than 10 that she was very um gifted in in math and science and um by 12 she was fluent in latin italian greek and german and she was educated in math literature and science so she also, he taught her or had a tutor come and teach her fencing and other physical skills as well. So she was she was educated as well as her brothers, which was very unusual. Um, at 19, she was married through an arranged marriage to a 34-year-old. But he was very um, understanding. And, and really at that time, most of the aristocrats were. They all had mistresses and lovers on the side, and it wasn't really a big deal. So what do you mean by understanding? Well, he, he realized it was an arranged marriage and didn't actually like her either. Yeah, so oh, he, okay. he was off with doing his thing with someone else, and she was doing her thing with someone else, and he didn't care. Because I so thought, like, you he know, he's he, very understanding. Yeah, he's 34, he's got a 20-year-old, basically. Yeah, yeah, everybody, every 34-year-old would be understanding there, too, right? No, it just means that, like, he could have been, no, you have to stay home and live in a prison while I go and have fun with my mistress. But he didn't do that. He was like, yeah, what's good for me is good for you. So, So her lover was actually, well, one of a few, but Voltaire was one of her lovers, and he actually said to King Frederick II of Prussia, who was a friend of his, that she, quote, was a great man whose only fault was being a woman, end quote, which sounds really awful and sexist, but he really meant it as a compliment, meaning that she was in every way equal to a man. And uh, they lived together in her country estate for 15 years or so, and um, they had a great deal of respect for each other and treated each other as equals. Um, they set up labs, a lab there and did science experiments together. They they entered a competition, actually, that was held by the, the Paris Academy of Sciences. And although neither of them won, they both sort of had an honorable mention, um, she had her paper that she wrote for this competition published. So she was the first woman to have a scientific paper published by the Paris Academy of Sciences. Wow. And she predicted infrared radiation. Um, she did a lot of experiments and and. Uh, you what were you saying about um you tell me the the thing that you Oh Newton's acceleration formula. Um it was a German guy who revised it but she promoted the revision when, at a time when most people said that it was wrong including Voltaire. Yeah, Voltaire said it was wrong and she argued against him and said no you're wrong and this is why and she did a series of experiments and and although she she wasn't coming up with this idea herself she proved it and and promoted his idea and 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 made it become accepted. 
Um, That's awesome. Yeah, she argued strongly for women's education, and she yeah, argued strongly for, for women's education. That took a while to take hold, didn't it? Unfortunately. Yes, yeah, so, I mean, this is a woman who's living in the 70, early 1700s. This is, women's rights are not new. I, people who think they started in the 60s are sadly mistaken. This, yeah. is, this has been a long battle fought by men and women for, for hundreds of years. Um, eventually, she and Voltaire parted ways, I think, amicably, but, and she took a new lover. And she got pregnant and uh, died from complications of childbirth. At like 43. At 43. So, uh. so that's pretty sad. But she was a remarkable woman with a really interesting life. Mm-hmm. Can you give her a name again for people that they want to find more about her? Emily du Chatelet. Well, because you hear a lot about Voltaire. But you, you do. You, you hear a lot about Voltaire. But she, she was but a rebel. <laughs> yes, but <laughs> she, was, she was just as educated and just as accomplished as him. She published several books in her lifetime. So... Yeah. yeah. No. Maybe that's because he was a rebel. That's why she liked him. Women love the he's, bad boy. He's an interesting guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess that takes us to the end of our show for a second time. <laughs> Is there anything you want to add before we uh, start going out? Yeah, I'm talking um, to you. <laughs> I'm surprised I'm allowed to speak. <laughs> well, that was her. Let's turn off our microphone. Thank you, Karen, for coming. I just want everyone to remember that if you're feeling down, have a drink. Because that's what the Bible <laughs> that's says. What the Bible, that is a great Bible note to get out. So. <laughs> and like I said, the, uh, the conversation continues. Drop us a line. You can go check us out at www.leftatthevalley.com or uh, an email leftatvalley at outlook.com. Until next time, thanks, guys. Bye.